0: Okay, how's it going, everybody? I hope all is well. And again, thanks for listening. Okay, so, if you haven't heard this before, the poet Samuel Taylor Coleridge reportedly once said that every single person is born either an Aristotelian or a Platonist. He then went on to say that it's pretty much impossible to change from one to the other. Nope, if you're not one, you are the other. And you stay that way. That is your orientation. So, okay, well, what does it mean to have these two orientations? Well, here are some basic questions to consider that might help. Okay, so, are you more of a spiritualist, or are you more of a materialist? Are you a lover of transcendent metaphysics, or a lover of uh, scientific empiricism? Are you a lover of mathematics or of biology? Are you a lover of the uh, firmament of the universe or of particular concrete facts? Are you more intuitional and suggestive or are you more precise and exact? Do you tend to look behind the appearance of things or do you take things for what they are? Do you take a more abstract view of reality, or do you take an everyday common sense view? Do you like to speculate, or do you like to collect and classify and categorize the world as it appears to you? Well, okay, so depending on your answers to these sorts of questions, it turns out that, as Coleridge said, you're either a Platonist or an Aristotelian. In other words, you either have Plato's orientation and outlook, or you have Aristotle's. Okay, well, so what are some of the important personal differences between these two great thinkers, then? Just how are they different both in character and in outlook? Well, they're different in lots of ways. But um, let me start with an obvious difference. It's that it's pretty obvious that Plato is more of a, of a dramatist and poet-philosopher than Aristotle is. I mean, Plato writes dialogues, not treatises or essays. And these dialogues, well, they're full of, of wonderful imagery, and they're full of myths, and the language is melodious, and there's playful humor and irony. I mean, the middle dialogues in particular— like the uh, Symposium, for example, are some of the most accomplished masterpieces in the history of literature. But Aristotle, well, few would say he's producing literature, or that he's uh, in any way poetical. No, if Plato's the the poet-philosopher, then Aristotle's more like the science-philosopher, He's someone who aims at nothing but precision and exactitude of thought and language, and uh what's more, he's someone who has that rare, rare gift for observation and um even though it should be said that what we have of Aristotle are mostly lecture notes, it's hard to believe, given his uh predisposition to succinctness and uh, classification of data that his uh lost popular published works because he did write those, that they would have been of high literary value. I guess that the basic point here is that there's an artfulness and an intensity and an emotionality in Plato's writings, whereas in Aristotle, everything is presented and analyzed dispassionately and scientifically. Well, okay, so uh, what else? What are some other differences between them? Well, Here's a brief list, in, uh, in no particular order of importance. So, first of all, while Aristotle wants to, as he says, preserve the appearances, that's to say, while he wants to begin with everyday opinions and not stray too far from them, Plato is, uh, is much more speculative, and even disruptive and uh, revolutionary. I mean, just think about his ideal city, the Republic, and how radical things get there. Okay, well, second, while for Plato, the philosopher must get back down into the cave and do the work of living amongst others and trying to enlighten them, for Aristotle, the best life is is ultimately the, the purely theoretical and scientific one, where we're isolated from others, just doing intellectual work, sort of like uh, living like an Einstein. Okay, well, third, while for Plato, the soul is something immaterial and eternal and divine, according to Aristotle, the soul is a composite living organism, which dies when our body dies. And uh, fourth, while for Plato, we become good by exemplifying or approximating a higher metaphysical ideal—the form of the good— According to Aristotle, there are no such forms, and if there are, they're totally useless for morality. In other words, there's no otherworldliness about Aristotle's conception of human goodness. Actually, you know, this idea of a uh, otherworldliness should be stressed a bit more, because it's a, it's a fundamental difference in outlook between them. Actually, you know, there's a great painting or fresco called School of Athens by the Italian Renaissance painter Raphael, which uh depicts this key difference. What it's a painting of is a congregation of philosophers with a uh, with Plato and Aristotle in the middle of them. Now, what the two great thinkers are doing is they're they're talking to each other, but while doing so, Plato is gesturing up towards the sky while Aristotle is pointing down to the ground. Well, this is intentional on Raphael's part, of course. What he's showing is their two respective orientations or outlooks on reality. You see, if it's not already clear by now, Plato's orientation is one of looking upwards to a higher reality beyond, and Aristotle's is one of looking down at this world such as it is. Essentially, Plato has a two-world view, and Aristotle, a one-world one. That's to say, Plato envisions another reality, an eternal one, beyond this changing and so inferior world down here. But Aristotle, well, he's no stargazer. He's got both his feet firmly planted on the ground. This ground. For him, there's only one world. The world that we perceive with our senses, the one filled with rocks and plants and animals, and uh, importantly too, change. To uh, to posit some higher reality is for for him just as he says, empty words and poetic metaphor. No, nope. Aristotle, being the the keen biologist and uh, and great circumnavigator of the entire earth stays committed to the things of this world. In fact, so great and so wide was his knowledge of all things down here that Dante would later refer to him as simply the master of those who know. But, um, to be fair, if Aristotle was the master of those who know, then Plato, that great idealist, was ultimately the master of all those who dream.